You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Father, we thank you. We ask that only your words will be spoken, that lives will be transformed in Jesus' name. Hello, people. Hi. All right, so today's message is freedom from mediocrity. And I wanted to ask you a few questions, questions that I sincerely don't have the answers to. So who would be the one person that would give their life to Christ openly and you're convinced that every one of their followers will be changed? Who do you think? It could be a musician. It could be anybody. Could you help me? Beyonce. Sorry? Justin Bieber. Who else? Lady Gaga. Two more people, please. Any Nigerians? Whiz Kid. Okay. Two-Face, okay, David O, yeah, great, and why, why are we calling these people, why, they're, they've blown, okay, but I think I have a word better than blown, I think what it is is that they've been known for some measure of excellence, true or false, whether in music, whether it's all music, yeah, but we listen to their songs, we like their songs, we dance to their songs, we know their songs, and so they've sold a culture to us and we've imbibed it, right? Almost as though we agree with whatever it is that they're saying, correct? Yeah? Okay. And so I, I, I have come to realize that excellence, I think, is the new currency for evangelism. Do you agree with me? Yeah. Show me that excellent person at your workplace, and you just want to know what makes that person tick. Am I correct? Yeah. And so more and more, the example that we have, and the currency and the tool that seems to be prevalent now, is that if you're good at something, right, people will tend to follow you. And if they follow you, it means they listen to you. And if they listen to you, you know, research is proving that we have um, the attention span of a goldfish. So after 78 seconds, we've switched off. And so we don't want to really think through any ideologies anymore. We're happy with whatever anybody says because we think they've thought it through and it must be fine. Correct? Really? Okay. I want us to look at a few scriptures. Ephesians 1.18 says, The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, 
what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, that he raised from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. We're going to think a little deeply about this scripture later. In looking up the definition of excellence, it means greatness. The dictionary says the very best. Achieving excellence is not an easy thing to do. Excellence is a quality that people really appreciate because it's so hard to find. Excellence is the quality of excelling, of being truly the best at something. And as we carry on this morning, I just want you to think, what are you truly the best at? I want to recognize someone, Ako. She's been the head of communication at um, LifePoint. And in her regime, things have been excellent. So thank you, Ako. And your birthday is in a few days. But that's excellence right there. As a department, as a worker in church, in your office, we love recognition, but we rarely, really want to do the things that deserve recognition. Sit pretty. So I'm going to share a story with you, and it's from Luke 4, 20 to 22. We're talking about freedom from mediocrity. And this was Jesus. He had gone through um, a fasting season. He went into the synagogue. He went to church. And he was talking. And then he said something. And you know, to be honest... Jesus has a little bit of drama because he says, can you please help me put it up? Look for 20 to 22. And he says, then he closed the book and gave it to the attendant. And then he sat down. Imagine that. He closed the book. And you know, when, when the Bible gives us details like this, they're actually, he's, it's actually going somewhere with this story. He closed the book. And then he gave it to the attendant. And then he sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixated on him. And they began to say to themselves, Wow. I paraphrased. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, is that not Joseph's son? And so Jesus 
was saying things that they didn't understand. They, they had never heard. And it sounded, I'm sure he used some big words. And I'm sure a lot of his um, analogies, they couldn't really get it. But they kind of knew that this guy was intelligent. Yeah? And even the scribes and all the Pharisees that were listening to him, I'm sure they were a little confounded. And you know, the thing with life is when you don't understand something, you just tend to rubbish it. When you can't think deeply enough about a concept, all of a sudden, the concept is not good enough. Right? And so, what did they do? They started what we always do. They started saying, is that not Joseph's son? See him talking. Is that not Joseph's son? So tell you what, I didn't know my parents were going to be in church today. So I was going to say, you get it, <laughs> but I can't, but I will. Is that not Joseph's son? And what's the answer, people? What's the answer? My parents are Shegun Amosun. Is this not Shegun Amosun's? daughter but the answer is no I have earthly parents there's a difference the difference with Jesus was that he had Joseph as a father and Mary as a physical mother but he had a heavenly father added to that and so every time the world always wants to trap you and box you, I knew her from Akure. We went to Oshogbo together. We went to Odogbolu together. They lived in Ajegule. Why is she forming? The question is always is that not your past? But the answer now is that I'm very different from my past. And it's a choice that we all have. If anybody wants to box you into that, we have a choice to refuse to be boxed in a past that we don't belong to anymore. The world always wants to remind you of where it is that you're coming from. And very often when they remind you, even you, you remind yourself too. I know these people. I cannot be excellent. Ah, they know me. I can't speak big grammar. So I'll tell you something. When I started having speaking engagements, the hardest people for me to speak with were my friends. Yeah? So we had this group meeting. And that day, I, I, I had the same issue. I, I stood in, my, in front of my mirror and I'd done this so many times before, but that day was different. I was talking to people who I went to primary and secondary school with. And then I had to remind myself that I'm not the six-year-old girl that they knew. I had to remind myself that I am no longer the girl we went to offer together. All right? But you know, there's always the tendency when you are with these familiar people to want to conform. 
But the difference is that when you know the child of who you really are, and you keep reminding yourself, when they say, is this not Joseph's son? You keep reminding yourself that you have been bought with a price. And so, when they started all that, Jesus said something. He said, today. And when I say Damilare preached my message, that song said, today. And so for many of us, we are used to the Jesus who parted the Red Sea. We, we are good at um, bringing out what he did with Moses and what he did with Ruth and what he did with Abigail. And then we are also very good with being futuristic. Are we together? Yeah. But how about us coming into contact with that power today? What happened to the you today? Tomorrow is when I want to be better. Tomorrow is when brighter days are ahead. Tomorrow, God will see me to a better place because he was the one who answered Anna. Correct? What happened to you today? Have you said today a difference is going to be made in my life? Have you said today something is going to change about me? I'm not going to procrastinate his word anymore. It is today. But let's carry on. The thing with being excellent and exceptional is you are the exception. And exceptionalism doesn't say, well, I'm better than you. It doesn't need to speak. You just kind of see when a person is exceptional. Right? When, when, when you have to say it, then maybe you are really not exceptional. If people can't see it in you, then maybe you need to kind of rejig something. If you have to blow your own trumpet, then there's something wrong. Because being exceptional is consistent. An exceptional person is different today, tomorrow, next tomorrow. And this exceptional person is different, in, is different, is the same in different circles. Are we together? Most of us are very familiar with mediocrity. And what is mediocrity? It's average. It's okay. The people who work with me know I hate to hear okay. How is that thing? It's okay. What is okay? What does okay mean? It's either bad or it's good. Are we together? When you are mediocre, you are forgettable. You are mediocre. You are just there. When you are mediocre, I'll say it again, you are forgettable. And so we pray for helpers. We pray for favor. 
But because we are mediocre, we are forgettable. Five signs that you're mediocre. One, you are not comfortable in your uniqueness. Everything that God has deposited in you to make you exceptional gets you anxious and scared. I hear fair people say all the time they want to be dark. I hear dark people, we aspire to be fair. Right? Yeah. You see tall ladies say, I'm too tall. Or I'm too fat. Everything that has been positioned to make you exceptional, you're never comfortable with it. I want you to think. In what ways are you different to the next person? That is your exception. You know, Adora, yeah? I'd never, I don't think we've said a word, but the one thing that I knew was that she was really, she's always happy. And I just, I remember her as the choir lady that jumps. Yeah? And that is exceptional. Because guess what? I've seen her exude that happiness, that joy. And so now that she has given some context to it, do you understand? I'm now in love with her. That's how it works. That's really how it works. Life is not in isolation. Some people are very cerebral, but they don't like to show that they're intelligent for fear of people saying, oh, you've come again. Some people are very time conscious, but then when you're early to church, People say, are you going to sweep the church? Are you the one praying? Are you the pastor? And, you know, we will conform to mediocrity. Those things that make you unique have been positioned there for a reason. And until you exude that uniqueness, how can we find context to you? Two, you try to please people too much. And everybody's opinion matters. Everybody's opinion matters to the point where you lose yourself. This person did not smile at me. Ah, when I passed, she, she looked away. Something cannot enter her eye. Why do you care so much about how someone looked at you and how they greeted you? Why, why, why do you care so much to the point where you forget yourself? I heard something yesterday. 
that you don't throw stones at every barking dog. So I hear some people giggle. You know where I heard that. And, you know, I, 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 I heard it like I'd never heard it because I had seen it play. Yeah. You don't have a response for everyone who takes a jab at you. No need. Three. You're mediocre when you use the wrong standards to define success. So some people have equated success to popularity. Your parameters for success are warped, very lopsided. If I asked most people to define what success meant to them, success meant more visible things. Yeah. Success meant more visible things. I want to drive a G-Wag. I want a range. You know, I'm successful when I drive a range and I live in banana and, you know, that's success. And I have a ring on my finger. And that's success. You've, you are okay. You have arrived. But how about the things you can't put a price tag to? Can, can, can you, do you see how mediocrity almost equates you everything to money? Yeah. You can't see inner value and inner virtue. You can't develop anything that's on the inside that's intangible. You can't think that what success should really mean is the indelible marks you leave before you go. Who's going to remember what color your G-Wagon was? But wouldn't it make a difference to the lives that you changed? When you were here. Mediocrity is when you don't attempt big things. Mediocrity is when you can't attempt big things. Yeah. You're too concerned about irrelevances. You can't focus on big things and take big leaps. That's mediocrity. You're just one of the staff in the company. Yeah. You're just one of the grandchildren in that family. Yeah. You can't spearhead much. You can't lead anything. You've not led yourself. Finally, Mediocrity is when you hide. And I'm going to share with you from 2 Kings 5, the story of this guy called Naaman. Naaman was, facially, he was very good looking. He was a commander in chief. He had power. And Naaman did not get there because um, he was just um, one of the friends of the, of the king. No. He'd fought many battles and he'd won. He deserved to be commander. But Naaman had an issue that most people didn't. So I, I really can relate with Naaman because my father was a general in the army. And so I, I'm very used to people saluting. I'm very used to um, people sitting at attention when he's passing. 
And so I know the clout that would come with being a commander in chief. But this guy, you know, they don't smile oh, when you greet them like that, you know. They, they have this stern look like to smile. I'm not looking his way. To smile um, means they're weak. Right? And so Naaman had all of that, but he was leprous. So under that metal armor, can you imagine how his body would be itching? Can you just imagine? Yeah. And before Naaman, the Bible had recorded so many times of different lepers. But none. It was an incurable disease. But guess what? Naaman got cured of this incurable disease. And I'm going to leave you with that thought. That Naaman, who had issues that could not be seen, he allowed himself, and even the journey of allowing himself to be led was with a lot of, I mean, if I were the girl who wanted to help Neiman, afterwards I'd be like, I beg, keep your leprosy. Because as human beings, sometimes you get tired. You keep pulling this person and you keep saying, you know what, this is the way. Oh, come wash in this river. Come, come. And he says, ah, there, there is Euphrates. There's this one. There's that one. Can't we go to a doctor in London? Why is the doctor in Ibafo? And you're almost like, really? You are leprous. Should you really be speaking? But he finally obeyed. And he was the exception. So it became possible that someone that had leprosy could be healed. I always wondered why all over the scripture the blind a lot of Jesus' miracles were to the blind. I always wondered. And then I realized that he uses blindness almost as um, a figure of speech, so to speak. Because we have 2020 vision. But then, just like those Pharisees, so many of these concepts we've heard over and over and over again. But to take that step. And what is blindness after all? If you can't see where you're going. Yeah? And then I also always wondered why he talked about the paralytic. And, and what is it about paralysis? The mind is working well. Yeah, the mind is working, but the body can't experience inertia, true or false. Yeah, so the person is there, and 
Honestly speaking, can you even imagine how a paralytic man or woman, all the things, if the nurse has been mean to them, all the things that are going through the person's head, but they just cannot move to do anything. But just like the blindness, isn't that part of our story? We know that Herbert had said that the people who have succeeded, right, they, they are constantly writing out goals. We've heard it before. Have you done anything about it? No. The Bible has said it. Write out your vision. Make it plain. We, we know it. But guess what? We don't do anything about it. Are we really different? Are we really different? John Maxwell says that when and he says people get offended when he says this. But if I ask everyone here just pretend I'm John Maxwell don't get upset. Open your phones. And seriously, can you please just open your phones? And look at your conversations, look at your WhatsApp, look at Instagram, look at all your, you know, for the past 48 hours, just take a look at your videos and the things that you spent your time doing. Would anybody like us to show it up? <laughs> no? Can I nominate someone? Not from you guys. <laughs> Can I nominate someone? Wow, that's great. But 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 some some people be cringing now at the kind of conversations that they've had in the past forty-eight hours. Yeah, and so John Maxwell says, "Let me walk with you for one day, and I'll tell you where you're going." Let me look at your Facebook and your Instagram and, and just for, for a few hours and I'll tell you who you are. Just look at the friends that you have around you and you can tell if you're mediocre, the quality of conversations that you have. Talking about other people and other people's businesses. We're never talking about how we can get ahead. Are we not really blind sometimes? This morning, we refuse to be like the paralytic. And we want to refuse to be blind. We want for once to be asked whose child you are. And you can say for a fact that I'm a child of God. People will look at you and look at you different, but it's what you do today that makes tomorrow different. Can we please get up? Can you please help me with Ephesians 1 8, 18? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. We don't have. The attention span of a goldfish. We're children of God. We're children of light. 
And the most high God is our heavenly father. And so we're breaking away from the ability, inability to think. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. The quality of thoughts that you have going on in your head is who you are. What are you thinking about? What are the things that are in your full mind? And so this morning, it says the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. When you come across the words of Jesus like in the synagogue, you won't be like they who look at him and say, what kind of nonsense is that? The eyes of our understanding being enlightened means that you're going to be looking at people from the point, the, the point of view of excellence. When you come across people, you're going to be engaging with them now with eyes of excellence. You're watching everyone, even the person that's sitting beside you. Are you excellent? Are you listening with rapt, rapt attention? Or you're just one of those people who come to church concerned about everything that shouldn't matter. What does she wear? What shoes? How's her hair? Mediocrity. It's amazing how we will come to church on a Sunday and our lives have not changed because we're thinking on a mediocre level. We don't have enough going on to concentrate on the word of God. We're too ashamed We've bothered waking up this morning, but we're too shy to give God our best. And this is why when it is time for worship, the people of God can't worship. They can't engage because they are mediocre. They keep thinking about who's looking at them. And what people would say if I bend down or if I prostrate or if I tumble over. Mediocre. Everywhere we go, we want to give our best to God. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened means I'm going to worship God like ne never before today. I'm going to tell this God that you are what matters because I'm a focused person. Yeah. If there are any children of God in this congregation, I want you to begin to talk to God like you have never spoken to him before. If the person beside you is not giving you room to talk to your father, change seats. You've not been tied down to that seat. If here you cannot be real. If here you want to somersault for your God, who is stopping you? They said when David, he started dancing like a crazy person. After all, he was the king. But he removed his robes. People saw his pants. It did not matter. Did you see how angry God was with the one who was laughing at him? I dare you children of God. When people are worshipping and you judge. Hey. Hmm. Talk to God people. Talk to God, people. You talk to your God, people. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. 
prioritize what you need to prioritize. Focus on the things that are important. Nothing changes a life. Nothing changes a life like the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.